Oh my gosh, we're here. We're ready to do it, it's happening. Took a little break there for literally no reason, but we're back and I'm gonna be more consistent. And I already got a couple podcasts record, recorded, and I'm gonna release them. So uh, look out for that. Today we got Chris Hardy, Dr. Chris, some would call him. And we talk about depression and how crappy it is that we have to either hide our training or uh, we can't really talk about it because some people look down on it, some people don't. Um, some of us can't train. So all the crap that comes with that, we're going to talk about and some things that we can do to uh, help combat that because I be getting into a dark place lately. So with that, enjoy a little Coulter Wall and uh, let's get into it. He drove a Series 10 Cadillac and wore a cigar on his lip. Don't you know the devil wears a suit and tie? So I'm driving down the 61 in early July. Wide as the cotton field and sharp as a knife. I heard him howling as he passed me by. Thank you for sitting down with me. It took me about half an hour to set up the computer, which it should take five minutes. And, uh, but we're here and we're here on an interesting subject. Um, there's one thing you want to say right before we start and go ahead and do that. Yeah. Yeah. So with the subject, which I know we're going to talk about, it's really important. I say this since I'm a physician, I need to tell people that, um, anything we talk about here really shouldn't be considered direct medical advice to you. This is highly individualized kind of stuff. Just use it for general information and educational purposes. Perfect. Um, so this podcast came about at least this subject because I made a Facebook post in a private group that we uh, was on depression essentially. And how it came about was I, I've been struggling lately. I, I am not, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a depressed guy. I'm, I'm fairly positive and I, I try to always like look at the positive side in, in things, um, maybe even to a point that's pretty annoying. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I've been really feeling it the last couple months, uh, especially it's ramped up in the last month, um, which is kind of, some might think is odd because, uh, we've, our regulations in our state have, uh, been loosened just a little bit, uh, when it comes to gyms. And then, um, so we've, we've been able to do, uh, some, some training with, uh, partners, uh, with, with people rather than just purely zoom, which was, uh, what we were doing. Um, and, uh, in my Facebook post, I, I talk a little bit about, uh, the feelings I was having, which were shame, um, which was feeling like a wussy. <laughs> um, and there might be some language as I, uh, talk, <laughs> about all this stuff that, that isn't, isn't the best. So, um, yeah, forgive me for that, but, and, and I'm going to be looking for my words a lot as I try to talk through this. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of why we felt it was good to actually have a conversation because when I typed that up, I, I just was very, just, I was going, I was just kind of free balling, you know? Yeah. Um, 
in that conversation, it's almost we'll be able to kind of expand a little bit and yeah. pick through certain things. And uh, so feeling shame and in feeling depressed, feeling guilty for being depressed, um, just feeling depressed in general. Like these were all these kind of odd emotions I was having uh, that as I thought through it was because I couldn't get the physical training that, uh, I, I was used to and I was, I found I was dependent on, um, I, when I thought about it, I felt like I had you, I was using jujitsu as a crutch and I found it wasn't just the physical aspect, it was a community aspect. And, um, that's going to be kind of what we talk about is, is the, the feelings, the emotions, the, the road that, uh, people might be going down right now with the lack of training and community that they're able to get. Um, and then you saw my post and said, Hey, let's chat. Yeah. So first of all, I, I don't feel it's a crutch. I mean, that's an important point. I know you may feel that way. I think it's something that we've all in our community have found. And it's like, wow, this is the missing piece, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. To maybe yeah. happiness, contentment, you know, what those of us drawn to this martial art um, typically kind of need that kind of outlet, physical, especially kind of high intensity um, just to make us feel normal. A lot of us do. I know I do for sure. Um, before I'd done stuff like surfing, rock climbing, stuff that you would really, you know, get you into the zone, so to speak. And I've always been drawn to that stuff. And I think a lot of us are too. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, this has really made a difference in my life. And now it's kind of taken away out of everyone's control. Right. And I think that, that instead of saying it's a crutch, say that I just had something I found was very important to my well-being. now it's just taken away and now I recognize. So with, with, and part of the feeling that I was having as a crutch, like where I felt like I was maybe using it as a crutch is because it, maybe that's, be, it was because I, I felt like I was being a, a wuss that I'm allowing not being able to work out in the way that I want to, as in have multiple partners in jujitsu, like sparring and, and stuff like that. Like my wife's a blue belt. So, you know, we should be able to train at home and that should suffice. You know, that's more than what some people have. Um, but, uh, I want more. <laughs> well, there, there's nothing wrong with that, Bill. I think we all live in our own space. I mean, you know, you can say, well, maybe I'm, you know, more fortunate than others or less fortunate or whatever, but still we live with ourselves and, you know, us day to day. So I think, you know, you need to be self-referential, right? You know, it's your own, this is your existence, right? What you need at this time. I mean, and, you know, as long as you're not hurting anyone else or, you know, your actions are, you know, uh, taking away from someone else, there's nothing wrong feeling that way. I mean, you know, so I don't think that's a problem. So when, as I was trying to kind of work through what these feelings were and even coming, getting the gumption to say anything, um, cause I didn't say anything to Olivia till about a week ago. Well, Olivia is my wife and, uh, she could tell that obviously something was off. Um, but I, I, I just couldn't, couldn't, it's almost like I couldn't admit it. 
I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to admit that I'm struggling. Yeah. First of all, you're a dude. <laughs> and I'm saying that is half joking and half not. Right. Okay. That's so, right. Yeah, that's right. Oh boy. So, so, yeah, you're going to get in trouble. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, you're a, you're a dude. And when I say that, I mean, it's kind of half joking, half not because for whatever reason, guys in particular have a real difficult time admitting stuff like that. And I think it's even more important. They used to say, what is that, uh, that old quote, you know, living lives in quiet desperation, right? Where you're not saying anything about it, but you're just struggling inside. And all of a sudden, guys are the ones that all of a sudden that will have a meltdown in very abruptly to others when it's been building for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's really important. And I think it was really good of you to, to, to do that um, because then you can see the response. The response is that everyone else is like, oh, you just gave them permission in our community. And they're like, oh, crap, I've been feeling like this, too. And it's great to talk about it, you know, without. It was shocking to see the, the yeah. response because I the main reason I I don't know if I should even say main reason. Just one of the reasons I, 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 I did that was it was kind of on a whim. I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Was maybe because I feel like I'm the only one that was thinking that way. I'm the, I feel like I'm the only one that is uh, struggling because I can't spar with all my friends. I, I, I can't go to the gym and, 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 and have that separation from the world that I use jujitsu for. I use jujitsu to, to be, um, that two hours in the day that I don't hear about nothing that's going on except for, you know, how I almost got choked or how I almost got them or whatever it is. Um, that, that was, uh, was so important. Yeah. And so you hit a really important point there. Uh, depressive depression in general and anxiety especially is very isolating Mm -hmm. because people think that they're going through it all by themselves. And I can tell you it is rampant in this country, just especially recently. And I can tell you as a, as a doctor, even though I'm seeing people supposedly for other things, you know, I would say, gosh, over 50% of the things they're dealing with physiologically are due to depression and anxiety too. So it is a huge, huge problem. And it's something I definitely want to get into. So people can think of, because traditionally, especially guys in, in this culture, and I'm not leaving women because I'm, I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm just telling you what I've experienced that guys tend to minimize this stuff a lot more and aren't as healthy as women are um, as far as expressing this. We might consider like what, how women like are maybe a little more open to talk about their feelings and, and, and what we might call complaining. Uh, I mean, that's just what guys, uh, if, if, right. if maybe you're a hardened guy a little bit yeah. where you're like, Oh my goodness, they're complaining or something like that, which I am absolutely guilty of. I've, I've, <laughs> We've, my wife and I have had personal conversations where it's like she, you know, she's had to tell me like, Hey, you know, I don't need you to solve my problem. Maybe I just need you to listen. To listen yeah. And, and we, we don't even get to that point where we're, we're saying our problem. That's right. 
And that's people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that that's such an important thing. And this is a, uh, it's definitely something that we need to talk about more because the, because the thought process is this is a purely a sign of psychological weakness, right? Oh, for sure. And not resilience, where it's physiological. And I want to delve deep into that to kind of bust some of those myths about it, and also talk about some of the new science behind it. It's actually quite fascinating and gives us something that we can do and control. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think it's a, um, this is, I, we could never do enough of these podcasts as far as I'm concerned. Right. Okay. Yeah. So identifying, well, I have a couple questions yep. that as I thought about this and, and talked to uh, my good friend Aurelius about uh, this sort of stuff as well. Um, and even talk to, you know, Andrew, you know, mm-hmm. talk to Andrew a lot about this kind of stuff and, and, and just the process that we're going through. But, um, and this is a connection that, uh, one of my friends was, was making or, and wondering about is, uh, is depression or does depression come from fear? in some fashion oh that's a really good really good point um so fear anxiety i mean you you gotta Mm -hmm. you gotta think depression and anxiety are kind of they they occur together typically not always but typically Uh, it's a lack of control over your situation or your environment typically right where people start getting stress or stress response a flight or fight response from right regardless of whether other other people think it's valid or not that's just that's your reality right and fear in itself is why are you why are people afraid anyway mm-hmm. have you thought about that it's like typically it's a lack of being able to control your environment yeah i'm scared of something because i have no control over it mm-hmm. or i feel like i'm vulnerable to something and so anxiety certainly can come from that absolutely and the longer you live in that heightened state of alert and, you know, kind of anxiety, you can start having the kind of the depression symptoms kind of slip in because they, they kind of go together as far as what's happening in the brain. Um, but so not not directly. I think it's a, it's just something that we oftentimes see. Uh, fear itself is uh, you know, basically learned fear is, is a product of the amygdala, which is part of our deep layers of what we call our reptile brain, where we, it's there for a reason. It's there to protect us and to keep us safe and, um, you know, help us survive in times where, risk. yeah, exactly. And so, uh, fear is a very potent driver of the whole stress response. So, you know, so how, how does, uh, how do fears affect or impact those with depression? So let's say maybe, you know, you already got some, you, you know, you got depression. It, how does fear of, uh, are th- and I guess like you're saying, fear and anxiety are almost like you can substitute them. Well, fear, it, yeah, not, not really fear, fear can these fears can cause type of an, an anxious type of response. It's your natural response to flight or fight. Like I'm faced with something that I'm, I'm frightened of. There's a risk something to me that I'm perceiving. Um, it's all about perception, right? Because 
what's what makes someone scared um someone else isn't so it's a very personal experience and it can be learned too from a variety of things you know from early childhood and all that and that can be worked on depending on what it is but really it's not like fear causes depression necessarily if so something that was really difficult for me because i i am I'm, I'm a little bit of a goofy dude. I joke around mm-hmm. like in the worst times. That's why we get along. That's why Carrie and I get along. Yeah, exactly. um, find humor in a lot of stuff. So for me to like admit that I, I'm having these uh, kind of depressed kind of thoughts is very difficult for me to even repeat. <laughs> so how or what are some signs that people can how is there a, are there some things that people can do to help self diagnose that they have some sort of depression yeah. or that they're feel that the, the negative feelings that they're having, which are, are difficult to understand to identify it as depression. Yeah, we have actually, we have very clear, um, little questionnaires actually that kind of, that we give to all our patients, um, that kind of will help bleed us down to that diagnosis. Kind of the classic things is things are usually, you're usually excited about. Mm -hmm. You really don't have any interest in, Mm -hmm. right? You're things that are usually really kind of, you know, get you going, get you excited. You're very much. If you like, I kind of lost interest and not. Yeah. 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 Or, um, you know, feeling kind of low energy state. Um, you know, that, that is a, so the first thing you said, not having interest in something that you really enjoy. I found myself and someone else commented on the post with their experience that even at class, as we've reopened, in the last five weeks or so, mm-hmm. they've had anxiety while being in class, mm-hmm. not because of uh, pandemic or whatever it is, right? And that's not why I, I have anxiety while I'm in class. And it's it's difficult for me to even identify anxiety, right? Yeah. But I, I started to be able to recognize that, and that I'm. And you know me, I'm, I train a lot. I, I want to train a lot. I got, mm-hmm. there's a full blown addiction going on. It's just yeah. in a positive thing right now. That's right. <laughs> and, um, but I found myself not like almost not wanting to go to class. That's right. And, and when I, I did go to class, I wasn't very happy and, and I'm happy. I, it, but to say that in a blanket term is not correct because when I'm there, I'm, talking to you, I'm feeling good for that moment. But then as soon as it kind of dulls down and maybe I'm just watching technique, I'm kind of like, uh, yep. well, I noticed it too. That's why I've actually a couple times asked how you're doing. You know, those of us, we're a really close community and you can tell when someone's not quite on, you know, that goes for all of us. Right. right. So that's one of the cardinal signs of, of that is, is just, you know, lack of, you know, you, that's one of the first things that comes out. I think on early sign that stuff that, you know, you know, I, I play guitar an hour a night, right. When I'm kind of really down in the dumps you know, I lose interest in that kind of stuff. Not it, but I just don't feel compelled. I don't get the enjoyment out of the things that usually give me enjoyment. Um, that's one of them, you know, uh, disrupted sleep. 
um, that kind of feeling hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all kind of signs of it. Um, you know, there are some, uh, according to, there's a thing called the DSM five, which is a diagnosis and statistical manual that psychiatrists use for actual diagnosis of psychiatric illnesses. Mm-hmm. Major depressive disorder has criteria, right? That, that medical doctors use to diagnose, but just for someone's symptoms, it's, you're just not feeling like yourself, you know, kind of low energy, you know, just stuff we, we've, we've kind of talked about. You, you have kind of a, your mood's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Cause usually, and this is probably part of the way that you maybe took note to, yeah. and, and to ask me is cause you usually I show up to class and I'm probably smiling, maybe making jokes right out the yeah. gate. But then sometimes I come to class and I'm, I'm like quiet yeah. and I just kind of sit in the corner a little bit, yeah. which is maybe not, you wouldn't say my MO. No. And, and that's, that's normal behavior for someone going, having those kind of thing. It, you, it's a weird thing where you actually do so, try to self-isolate <laughs> when it's yeah. the last thing you really need. Right? right. You hear people about pulling the shades down in their house and yeah. making their house like a little cave and all the stuff that you, yeah. So it's, you know, those are, those are definite signs of, you know, there's some kind of mood problem going yeah. on. Yeah. And the, how it is like waves really is confusing mm-hmm. for me as well, because as I'm, experiencing it i i'm feeling i'll still have moments of joy in while i'm at class or when i'm talking about it or something of that sort or throughout the day you know i there'll be some normalcy and then i sometimes i can't even identify what puts me into this like mood or or even if it's just a a feeling it's not necessarily it puts me in a mood but i I end up having these sharp feelings of "Ah, shit yep you know like weight or something of that sort good description to have yeah so that's 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 kind of classic for this and I, i I think it's not just, you know, like I said, it's not just you're going through this. <clears throat> I think people are underestimating, even those of us that feel like we're pretty resilient, I think we're underestimating just how much this whole situation with this pandemic has really done to so many people. Yeah. Um, you know, not to, I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to quote the Fart. book I wrote. <laughs> it's about the same as farting. I'm going to quote, the, I'm going to quote the book that I wrote several years ago. Um, you know, looking at, if you look at what I term the stress cup, right? Human beings have a capacity for stress. Different, different ones have different capacities. And when you've kind of reached that, your brain and body do stuff. <laughs> it's not just a psychological state, right? Yeah. And the stresses can be from all sources, right? I mean, just a move, even if it's a good move, like you're moving somewhere that you're excited about, it's still a stressful thing. Um, you know, obviously having to rearrange your business, worried about finances, not sleeping well, um, doing the stuff you like to do normally, your whole routine is disrupted. People don't like change like that. Yeah. It's inherently stressful. And if you keep you keep dumping those into your cup, mm-hmm. it's going to overflow. Yeah. And then people are super shocked when they have like, oh, gosh, what the hell's wrong with me? Been kind of building for a while. Right. Some of us have bigger stress cups than others. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, you know, some men are larger than others. <laughs> That's a good brave heart. Quote. 
<laughs> ah, so your mother's been telling you stories I, about me. I wasn't going to finish the rest of it. Yeah. That was my senior quote. That was fantastic. In my yearbook. It's perfect. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's, it's, so I think it's a good time to kind of talk about this from a conceptual point of view, if you don't mind me hijacking the way this is going. Please. Please. <laughs> so, you know, if you look at the, in the, the stress cup, so-called stress cup is really a way of what we talk about allostatic load. Allostasis means stability through change. So when I work out and I lift a heavy weight, I impose a stress on the body that my body hopefully adapts to and comes to meet, right? So I get stronger. That's allostasis. It means stability through change as opposed to homeostasis where I just maintain a certain level and I'll perturb up and perturb down, but I'll go right back to the same level. Allostasis is really, I'm trying to, I'm getting an input and I'm trying to adapt to that input, right? And so that's a general concept and that's how stress actually makes us stronger to an extent, right? Um, That's what exercise is. That's what, uh, you know, you know, doing something you've never done before out of your comfort zone that builds resilience, right? But everyone has a capacity. When you start exceeding capacity for that, the body just can't keep up. And it could be many things. Um, any source of quote unquote stress you can think of will, will fill up that cup. And when it happens, when it's, when you've overflowed, so to speak, and I'm using, you know, just trying to use very basic terms here that you have a real physiologic response in the brain driven by inflammation. And what we're finding out more and more about depression and anxiety is there is a big, big component of it is actually inflammation in the brain. And it's no wonder that people that have traumatic brain injury often have signs and symptoms of depression and anxiety, right? When you say traumatic brain, yeah, could, could that be as simple as concussion concussion absolutely you played football in high school that's right and t and carrie you should have carrie on because she's really deep into this stuff about treating um previous brain injury and the things that can happen the bottom line is you'll have a low level inflammatory response in the brain and uh, with depression situational depression is driven by uh low level inflammation largely driven by you know the sympathetic nervous system the flight or fight system is necessary for us right helps us survive it's not meant to be turned on all the damn time right right it's meant to be there to pull out like you know break during emergency (laughs) you know that's that's what it's supposed to be for and most of us right now and let's not even gosh we should mention but the the absolute lunacy going on in the political environment right Right. now you add all this stuff to 24-hour news cycle social media all this kind of stuff and people are living in a low-level flight or fight that drives inflammation in the brain and a lot of what we're finding more and more about depression and anxiety is that's that's a huge component of it and if that's controlled it's weird not weird i mean it sarcastically that symptoms get improve and i'm not saying that all depression is you know that that's why i gave that disclaimer at the beginning it's very individual there are some genetic predisposition there's all kinds of different things but it's not as simple as what they used to say as oh it's a chemical imbalance in the brain there's something driving that um and we're finding more and more it's an inflammatory component 
and that brings in looking at full body health. Like well, I was going to ask, how, how do you combat that inflammation? Yeah, that's a great question. It depends on what that's where the individuality comes in. There's, I mean, you can have a, a major problem with your GI tract in your gut and remember that there's just as many neurons there as there are in the spinal cord. Mm-hmm. And there's a bi-directional communication between the gut and the brain through the vagus nerve. And there are, there's lots of work showing that inflammation in the gut can drive it into the brain. Which too. is a big reason why when you eat something, maybe you get that mouth pleasure, but then you get brain fog 15 minutes later or whatever, you're just, you can, I mean, Olivia, she, she's started actually paying attention that when she eats certain foods, uh, I think gluten is one of them when not any sort of gluten, but maybe I I might mix this up, but like a, like breads or Mm -hmm. like a burger or something like that that uh uh she there might be like a little bit of anxiety that she she starts yeah. feeling it's a real thing yeah and that's communicated through the vagus nerve um and we hit we hear it vice versa too you know like if you're getting ready let's say you're scared of public speaking mm-hmm. and you're getting ready to go and give a speech people say oh, i have butterflies in my stomach or you know my stomach's up you know your stomach's mm-hmm. upset it works both ways right so um yeah olivia actually wouldn't she wasn't even one of the reasons she wasn't able able to identify those feelings that yeah. she was getting from specific foods was because we were eating those foods at all times. That's right. So you just never knew what like because you, you're always eating burgers or yeah. when we were eating uh, much much worse and or not paying attention really just doing convenient eating. That's right. And it was hard to identify when the engine wasn't running very well. Well, and, and, and that's a great point as opposed to having a pristinely running car and all of a sudden dumping a bunch of crappy gas in it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you'll, you'll notice that very quickly. And that's why when Carrie works with people, she works on elimination diet. Then you start adding stuff back in. You're like, Oh well, crap, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I'm bringing this in is it's not just the obvious things that kind of can lead to kind of anxiety. They all kind of work together. Um, especially if we're looking at the physiological, component of brain inflammation. So let's think about it. Low level inflammation of the brain is considered a threat and it puts the brain in a low level flight or fight. So people become, if you think about it, it's true. People become more reactive to things. They don't think things through. Judgment is often compromised, right? It's very much if you're in a pissy mood and someone cuts you off in traffic, right? For sure. Go fly off the handle as opposed to just finish two hours of rolling. <laughs> it doesn't bother you one bit. Right, right. right. And so there's a physiologic response to that because if your brain is under threat, perceived threat, it makes sense from a survival point of view that you would be reactive. And in other words, you know, if I'm walking through an unknown jungle and I see something long and skinny in front of the trail, yeah, my prefrontal cortex, my, you know, the, our thinking part says, yeah, that's probably a, probably a stick, right? Mm-hmm. You can think it through. But if you've been under lots and lots of danger, things are stalking and all that, and you're in that kind of flight or fight mode, that's where the amygdala comes in, the fear response, where like, well, crap, no, that could be a snake. 
What's amygdala? Amygdala is part of the brain responsible for the learned fear response oh. and drives drives that flight or fight type of thing too with the hypothalamus. But my point is though that you can get if you're under lots of stress for a long time, no matter what the situation, your brain physically changes. Mm. I mean physically changes, not just the way you think, structurally different pathways are being developed because it makes you more, all the brain knows is, well, crap, we got to change the way we're doing stuff because we're in a dangerous environment and we need to survive. So thinking the thing is a snake versus a stick is a survival advantage. Mm. Does that make sense? Right? So most of us are walking around in low flight or fight states right now. Yeah. They just are. There's only so much people can take the frustration just to, you know, for many, many reasons without getting into specifics about this, about what's been going on in many of our lives. And that's in the sympathetic flight or fight system drives inflammation and it keeps that brain in that kind of state. That's what anxiety is. If you think about that, anxiety is looking for waiting for the other shoe to drop waiting, you know, on high alert is what that is. And so, um, that, that inflammatory component is huge with that. And that's going to lead us later on. Hopefully we can talk about some stuff that we can kind of do to cut, to kind of minimize that as much as possible. Um, so I, I started thinking as I was thinking through all this, um, I, I stopped coming to the gym just for a little bit. I was still signing up for our, for the class and if I made it or not, it was almost, there was that disinterest, right? Of like, well, it's big exactly deal, whatever. Right. Cause normally I'm going to push Andrew and be like, Hey, just let me come in as an instructor. Please, 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 please sir. May I have another? I'll bring you a donut. <laughs> He's uh he's more of a breakfast burrito guy, but um he, he's uh so, so I didn't do that. Um I just would sign up on the app, get on the wait list, and if it happened or not, whatever. Right. I and I've talked to other people because it was pretty cool. People were messaging me and and not just the sixty comments on the post, right. but that I had people messaging me, talking to me and encouraging me, just letting me know, Hey man, I'm here to talk from as simple as that to like, dude, I'm, I'm feeling the exact same way or maybe they're feeling different and they just told me their story. But, um, I found one thing is I just didn't want to, and I'm just trying to be kind of bold here and I'm trying to work through my thoughts, but I just didn't want to deal with regulations. I didn't want to, like, I want, because it was my escape, I wanted, I, I'm not talking about like wearing a mask coming in or something I, like I that. I get it. I know what you're talking and, about. And, and, and I, you know, I'm, I have a feeling like I might get looked at as like a certain way uh, because of my pains. And it's like, I, I, in my opinion, you probably can't even nail me down politically. So it's like, because yeah. um, it, it, it ends up turning into that. But right. I found that I just, yeah, like I said, I'm not talking about wearing a mask coming in to like to and from my car into the gym or something like that. Uh, but you're like, it's not just the mask. Right. It's not just that. Like that is the lowest level of uh, um, uh, inconvenience, in my opinion. And it's but it's as we're in class and, uh, you know, we're 
we have our designated partner. You have mm-hmm. one partner. You have, you, you know, we're not switching partners after or, right. or, or, or it's not encouraged or whatever. I just that alone, it just, I'm sure it's a fear or an anxiety that it built up in me, but I didn't even want to deal with that. Yeah. To where it drew, drove me to the point of like, I'm not going to go in. Well, well, and this is the deal. Wait, that's, what, that's where I'm like, well, what the hell's wrong? Okay. No, nothing's wrong with you. So it kind of goes back to that reactivity, right? So that big prefrontal cortex you have, that very well-developed, very the, th- well. the thing that can look at situations and make judgments about past experiences and say, hey, let's put this in context, all that stuff, right? Maybe not as developed. That, no. That's gone. Okay. Not gone, but it's, it's when we're, this is what I want to get across to everyone. That prefrontal cortex is there to say, Hey, that's probably not a snake. Mm-hmm. That's probably a stick, mm-hmm. right? That's that, that system. When we're in a stressed out environment for a long time is the, the brain has no use for it. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. And so instead of your prefrontal cortex saying, you know what? Gosh, I really understand the situation. I'm just glad to be here. I understand what Andrew's going through, trying to find a way just to navigate these waters and um, doing the best we can in the situation we're in. That prefrontal cortex is kind of turned off. It's like that amygdala is going, fuck this. Right. right? I'm sorry. We're going to have to, that's going to be, <laughs> but, but that's kind of how it's feeling. And you're like, it's like, I don't want to have time. I don't want to think about the reasons why anymore. I, I just know that this isn't happening and I'm reacting to it. Yeah. It's almost a frustration. But, but, but it's, it's a physiologic thing okay. where, where that's when people say I've had enough. When you've heard people say that for sure, that's what that means. It's like, we're not using this big front part of our brain anymore. I'm done. Right. And that's why you, that's why you have some of the lunacy that goes on right, right. a lot, but, but that's a normal response and it has nothing to do with, like I said, I mean, we're all navigating this the best we can. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody could do it better as an Academy owner than Andrew has, yeah. but, and, but you'll have those times in your mind, you're, it just is all in your face again. Right. And you're just, and people are just kind of done. And that's all that means. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It just recognize that's what's going on. Right. And yeah, exactly. And it's like with Andrew, he, I think <clears throat> I told him, I've told him this a couple of times. I know you have as well. Yeah. I think he, if he's doing what, if he is comfortable with what he is doing, then he's doing it perfectly. And that's not to say that he's like happy with what he's doing, but he needs to do because he's, he has call it 80 to a hundred people's weight on his shoulders. That's right. And there's some people that are going to be on, the side of like, I ain't wearing a mask to walk from the car into the gym. And other people are scared to death. Right. And then you got dudes like me. And then you have yeah. people that are completely opposite. I mean, then you got people right in the middle. Yeah. And call it a hundred people. That is a lot of weight. Some people are very boisterous. Yep. Some people are not at all. And you're trying to, you're trying to please everyone. And, and the, that, that amount of stress, you talk about resilience. Cause he's ultimately going to feel like he's satisfying nobody. Well, that, and, and that's what happens. Right. But, and that's why people, you have to do what is in your conscious and you feel is the right thing to do. And I think he's, he's certainly achieved that. Um, I mean, it just, 
It really sweats every little bit of that. And I think that's Mm -hmm. very admirable. But back to you and the individual experience, there's nothing wrong with the way you're feeling like that. But just understand, I think sometimes in getting an understanding what's going on in the brain and how the brain's wired can actually kind of give some people a little handle on it a little bit, right? And like, oh, oh, okay. Let me regroup a little bit here. Which I kind of started having a little bit, but... It wasn't until I was asking myself, why am I a big, a big piece of shit? <laughs> like, because yeah. that's what I start feeling that's like. That's what you feel like, yeah. Because I, I start to think about, like, look at what Andrew's dealing with. Look at what this person's dealing with over here. Yeah. You know, it, we're not even taking into account stuff that's outside of their workout regime, oh, right? No, we're No kidding. Yeah. Family members, cancer, work, loss. Whatever. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. I mean, it's all, right. So, by a thousand cuts. Basically. Right. So, we're not even taking that into account. Yeah. So just with me, that natural progression of sadness and frustration and then sadness again, and then a little bit of shame. And then, then, cause my, maybe we talked about this before, but my yeah. self-talk is very, uh, you're a pussy, do it. Yep. You know? So what uh-huh. that turns into is I'm being a bitch. Yep. I'm a piece of shit. Yep. And sometimes that ends up being really good fuel and as Olivia would tell me, uh, sometimes it doesn't, honey. Sometimes you shouldn't say that to yourself. <laughs> well, it becomes, yeah. I mean, it's it can be motivating. You can go to the the extreme end of it, do like a Goggins, right? Right. Um, and it obviously works for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that kind of negative self talk after a while, you know, can get you're like yeah. you, you start moments. and you start believing your own. PR pretty much. And uh, that's not, that's not a good thing either. Um, But look, but knowing that this, it, again, that side's so easy to believe. What's that? The, you know, I'm a piece of shit. Like why is it's called the negativity bias? So much easier to believe. Well, think of like, think of it. I'm not good at jujitsu. Bill, think of it this way. No. If I, if, if you put, Hey, what do you guys think of me? on a Facebook post, uh-huh. open-ended question. Sure. You got 99 people saying you're the shit, Bill. You're great. We're lucky to have you. And one person says, Bill, I honestly, thanks for asking. I think you're a piece of shit. And this is why I think you're a piece of shit. And blah, blah, blah. That 99 right. positive things are erased. Right. It's called the negativity bias. We're all wired that way for the same reason we think that's the snake and not a stick. Yeah. It's a survival mechanism. Okay. Yeah. That's why, that's why one criticism cuts a lot deeper than a bunch of, you know, a bunch of praise. It always does. Parents, especially to their children, uh, people that you look up to. I mean, that's why that's, um, that's why some of those self-esteem issues come up with some people. Well, maybe we'll start with this and then move on to some of the other stuff. But so how do you combat that negativity? Yeah, it's super hard. Yeah. And so, Again, that's driving that. Um, I have this little graphic. Uh, I feel like such a jerk referring to my book, but um, third time. Yeah, it's only the third time. Usually it's a lot more. Um, but I have a graphic of the stressed out brain and then the relaxed brain. And what, what is the book? Just to throw it out, it's on Amazon. It, actually, it's sold. <laughs> it's sold out of the print. <laughs> if anybody wants, I can give them a PDF copy. It's all sold out. But anyway, strong medicine. strong medicine. Yeah. But anyway, there's a whole section. On on stress there and I'd show what happens physically to the brain where you get this very strong 
stress response. And what's really interesting is those portions of the brain responsible for that stress response actually get better connected and actually grow, so to speak. In the plate in the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus, the other things that are like, hey, wait, wait a minute, minute. let's hippopotamus. That's a hippopotamus, not a hippocampus. Uh-huh. Uh, those things that are kind of like, hey, let's put the brakes on this and put something in context here. Hey, let's take a step back. That shrinks up a little bit, um, really, not just just figuratively. Um, and so those pathways get so much better at being walked. And that negativity bias gets increased and increased and increased. So to answer your question directly, you have to do things that take you out of that flight or fight response. That's why people talk about meditation, breath work, all those things that enhance the parasympathetic response, right? Acupuncture, whatever you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. To really enhance that vagus nerve and reduce the flight or fight system consistently enough to rebuild those other pathways. Because as far as the brain is concerned, I need these pathways. I've been under stress for a year. I don't, and those, remember, that part of the brain is not that rational thinking part. Yeah. It's responding to stimuli coming in from the outside. And it's like, as far as I know, there's World War III going on. I got to ramp up our stress response to survive. Pay attention to any, even from a distance, pay attention to like the news and stuff. You're yeah. going to be like, just constantly on defense. It's toxic, man. That 24 hour news cycle that is basically not even news anymore. It's based on clicky. That's how they make their model anymore. Um, It is terrible for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Social media and their algorithms are terrible for you because they actually promote conflict. Right. right. They do. I mean, yeah. you, and I mean, that's proven. Yeah. Well, we, that, that, that recent documentary was amazing. Social dilemma was actually pretty, pretty interesting to watch, but those, that is hijacking those parts of those brain in the negativity bias. It's so hard to overcome and you need to do things consistently to, yeah. to stop it. And when you feel it coming, you need to say, okay, right now I'm taking a 10 second break. I'm going to do some breathing stuff. I'm going to get, that's why it's another reason why this martial art we practice is so popular is because you're not thinking about anything else while you're rolling. Right. Unless you're really good. Like Andrew and can have like a conversation with someone else while he's trashing you. (laughs) He's quoting like cookie monster. Yeah. (laughs) Which which is pretty amazing. But in general, we're, we're kind of there in the moment Mm -hmm. and that's, the opposite of worry, which is anticipatory stress, like what's going to happen to me tomorrow and rumination, which is, well, crap, this day sucked. Look what happened today. This guy said this to me, you know, thinking about all that crap during the day, rumination and worry both come together to form this whole stress response. Right. So you want to catch yourself as you're doing that. I was just saying that my point is that things that can take you out of that either future work, thinking about the future negatively or thinking about the past negatively and put you in that moment where all you're doing is either paying attention to your breath. You're on a rock wall. You're on a wave. You're rolling with someone, right? Yeah. That's why that's so good for you. That's why it helps rebuild your brain in those pathways too. And that's why those of us that have gotten used to this, Mm -hmm. the withdrawals are real. Could that be a contributing factor then to why, since I was training so much, I did probably two and a half years of 
at least, I mean, I average probably eight sessions a week. Right. So that to shut down and then come back a little bit with our little private group that we have and then shut down again. Right. And then the last five weeks, we're kind of back, like loosely, like, well, but it, it like it's it's almost like my my mind is being like tugged and pulled in well, my comfort zone and it's even more than that which how you think about it it's more like this is what i need now right. i've worked this pathway and guess what the rest of my life is adapted around it yeah. i can handle a bunch more outside because i got this i mean this was you see what i mean absolutely i stopped drinking the resiliency increases yeah and then you take that that piece away and now you're just left with the rest of this and you haven't developed not you but anyone hasn't developed their uh, an alternative right because it was taken away fairly abruptly right and you know so the people that have succeeded best in this have been able to pivot and say well you know what i'm immediately going to start a high intensity exercise program i'm going to really concentrate on whatever my, my women Hoff stuff and breathe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which I, I, I about. That. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but that's my point. Yeah. And so, especially someone that has become a huge part of their life, it's not just a psychological need; it's become a physiological need because you've likely ramped up other areas of your life because you have now that capacity. Because every time you roll, there's a whole bunch of bunch of nonsense that just gets cleared out of that brain yeah right all that kind of just kind of pent up aggression and all that crap absolutely and um so and it affects more people than others some people carrie will tell me she's like you have got to do something right right always right and it's the truth so what can people do I mean, maybe you went into a little bit there, but well, yeah, I you, mean, you so want to touch on this and have a, I do, but it, remember this is highly individual. Um, and, but there's some general things you can do. I mean, the more you can think of, if you think about this as a conceptual model and that we're trying to reduce the sympathetic nervous system and the inf- inflammation it delivers, <laughs> It, we're trying to, it, the best thing we can do is we're kind of reduce brain inflammation as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some general things you can do. Again, general um, specifics. You'd probably have to go talk to someone like myself or Carrie to really get a sense of you individually, what you need, right? Because it could be different. But some general principles is stop eating processed food with its, It's not just gluten. It's industrial seed oils. It's a bunch of high-density carbohydrate. So the Impossible Burger is bad. Hey, man. (laughs) Look, just as long as you know what you're doing, right? And and that's where individuality comes in here. Individuality comes in here, too. But in general... The more you can get away from that stuff because it produces inflammation in the gut. It just does. And that is bi-directional, remember, to the brain. It definitely influences the brain. So that's one thing is get that stuff in order. And oh, by the way, when we're in a stressed out state, what's our brain tell us to do? tells us to eat high density calories right and so it's a difficult thing to do we've talked about stress eating before that's why i've been eating ice cream like a mat well that's self-medication right but it's but but you're you're hitting that reward system of your brain you feel good for maybe 20 minutes and then your gut's inflamed 
And I'm lactose intolerant. Well, well, but that's even if you're lactose intolerant, it's even worse for you. Oh yeah, it's brutal. So it's not just the the side effects of it. You're actually your gut inflammation is probably pretty bad, <sighs> and so that that immediately affects the brain. And so that's really really important, and it's super difficult to do, especially when you're stressed because your brain's trying to tell you to do something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. High 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 density calorically dense foods. So. And I don't, I don't want to distract you, but yeah, off the top of your head, for people that are maybe on the go a little bit or just meal prepping is difficult, if they're in a pinch, they're on the road, something yeah. like that, good alternative. What- yeah, so <clears throat> go to a place where you have some control over it. Um, place it, you know, like, here's a perfect example. And I'm not saying it's a health food place, but it's better than others. We're talking a pinch. We're not talking Yeah, about like, like a Qdoba or something like that where you can go and say, hey, and you can see they usually use. <laughs> She's putting on a performance Is today. She? Yes, because it's usually not this frequent. It's my scent. It must be. Yeah. She, she's like, wow. Thank you. So, um, but you can at least see, you know, they, they make a lot of their stuff there. Uh-huh. The ingredients. Are- the ingredients are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, okay. And you can kind of pick and choose what you want in that. Um, like a bowl type. A bowl thing. Yeah, Chipotle. of course. Chipotle is similar, right? Okay. Something like that. Um, what about like a Jimmy John's omelet, which has no bread? It's just a yeah. wrap of meat. And- yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, and assuming that you don't put a bunch of dressing on it that has seed oils in it. and don't bunch get of- extra mayo. And well, ma- mayo. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We could have a whole podcast on mayo. And- it tastes good. Oh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> you know, cocaine makes you feel good, too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, yeah. you know, but, um, but that, that kind of stuff is horrific for the gut. So you, you can, and it's difficult when you're traveling. Yeah. I can just. It, okay. So and I didn't want to sidetrack you too much yeah. because you, you were talking about the gut. Great. Um, yeah. Get that, start getting that going. Yeah. That, that's a great place to start. That is a good place to start. Um, most people, uh, and getting some type and remember, Different things will work for different people, but your goal is reducing the sympathetic nervous system to get more parasympathetic. So if you're intrigued by some of the breathing exercises that people are into, I mean, it's yeah. fantastic. Um, if you're into something where you can kind of get in that zone, for me, it's playing guitar. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there and just zone into that, right? Video games? Sure. Okay. I mean, as long it depends. Okay. Yeah. If you're like, <laughs> I guess, I guess if what it does to you, I mean, if you're sitting there, I mean, for me, some of that crap, especially those first person shooters freaked me out a little bit. So I'm, that's not a good thing for me. Well, I, so I used to compet- competitively game and I was on a team. We yeah. had practice and all that. Yeah. And I think it was good to it until it got to a certain point where it controlled my mood Yeah. to where if I was late or I didn't have a good match, it was like, I really let it bother me. The bottom line is it's probably not, it's most video games don't really reduce your sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of what makes them exciting. Right. Right. Maybe a a game that is, has a little bit of community to it. Like if you're with friends and sure. Yeah. Anything that you're like, your adrenaline's up. Disconnect a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever, like I said, it's going to be different for everyone. Some people like, especially um, acupuncture, especially auricular acupuncture where you actually, the needle, are in the ears. Um, that's yeah, I'm all right. 
Yeah, well, <clears throat> but yeah, you may not like that, but that's one of the great ways to stimulate the vagus nerve directly. <laughs> it's not bad. I'll do it to you one time. See if you like it. <clears throat> While you're passing my guard. Yeah, I'll just put a little couple needles in for you real quick. Say, here you go. <clears throat> like blood sporting, like take it out of the belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, you know, and there's, I mean, the, the lit, whatever works for you, but finding something you know, some people really get into meditation. Some people have a hard time. Oh, with it's it. kind of encouraging to get on a path to find something, yes. at least in this time, especially <clears throat> something that takes you away from every day where you're concentrating only on what you're doing in the present moment, whatever that is. And however you get there. Yeah. I mean, we have some artists in our community. I mean, I'm sure that's where like painting or drawing puts them there. Right. <clears throat> but that's got to be prioritized. Um, now, sleep, mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole circadian rhythm. All that stuff is a stress on the body. If you're not sleeping well, you're watching, you know, you're looking at your screen until 11 o'clock at night. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, I can't sleep. That whole sleep hygiene thing, light c- controlling your light. We probably talked about that in previous podcasts, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Where broad spectrum light at night is not a good idea. You should reduce the wavelength to more of a yellow kind of orange. Broad spectrum that's like blue light. Right? White, yeah, well, white light has a blue, a large uh, component of the blue spectrum in there, which stops melatonin secretion and all that, right? So that you can get like either those <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Or you can use the, like we have in our house, we have little lamps with... Um, yellow lights that we turn on at night and even cell phones have uh, yeah like yeah they have a, a little mode that, you can have an app or a mode or whatever that puts you into that yeah but just paying attention to that stuff is really really important and again that comes down to the individual person so if i had someone with difficulty sleeping i'd spend a whole visit on them kind of asking them about yeah. what they're doing before i mean there's a whole that's a whole nother thing but really prioritizing sleep is hugely important too because that alone is a huge filler it fills up the stress cup bad any, sleep any uh i mean so you i mean you put me on or recommended certain things that have, i typically do not sleep well yeah and i'm also the the five hour guy like that's all i really need you may be that way say you know that's called your chronotype it's okay some people are like that and then some people aren't right yeah and uh supplements that can help yeah it's individual it's super individual and that's where the disclaimer at the beginning is really important because you can get on a supplement remember some of these things they're just chemicals Mm -hmm. even if they're plant derived that's where most of our medications are derived from or from a plant or magnesium yeah yeah well magnesium is not as problematic but if you start getting into things for depression like 5-HTP and St. John's Ward and stuff like that you really need to talk to your doctor first because that stuff they were actually chemicals can interact and some people don't do well with them there's medication interactions there's all kinds of stuff so I'm hesitant to recommend that to in a podcast but stuff like yeah magnesium and that kind of hurting your body Um, so I Olivia's been throwing those horse pills down my throat yeah uh, every night what do you recently you found it's been a benefit benefit it doesn't help me get to sleep but i have found when i'm asleep the quality is better that's right and i don't understand it it's almost like when i'm waking up in the morning uh i'll I'll go to bed maybe 11 30 usually Uh yeah uh, i'm waking up 
naturally. So Olivia will wake up first and I'll naturally wake up when <laughs> she does. And I, I feel like a, I've had quality sleep. Yeah. And even though I, my, the time I'm going to sleep is the same, she's waking up maybe, I mean, she, she did like five or five 30 this morning, but uh, usually I think it's more around six. So I'm getting to bed maybe 1130 midnight. I'm getting up about six and I'm waking up just, I, I feel a little bit more refreshed Yep, and nothing's changed. I haven't changed any other factors. Well, I mean, those, those things are, can be beneficial. <clears throat> Soaking is so for brain inflammation for certain people, uh, a high potency fish oil can help them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or uh, curcumin, right. There's all kinds of things you can try, but again, that would, should be in consultation with uh, like a functional medicine or integrated medicine sure. physician. Makes sense. Yeah. But, um, Really, things that I think are universal. I think. I mean, let's let's take a step back. You brought up earlier about community. That is so important. We are as humans are. We're social animals. We just are. We're meant to have little tribes. We're meant to rely on each other. And I can tell you, just from this academy that Andrew, this community that Andrew's built. I think a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, BJJ communities are like this. But I think this one's kind of special that I know that most of those people in there would give them the shirt off my back, uh, off their backs for me. I've had them. We've all looked out for each other. We all help each other out with stuff. There's a little bit of grief in mourning that goes on when that's taken away from you by out of everyone's control. Right. And feeds into that frustration. (laughs) Because that's your family, basically. And there's, I can tell you, even that sometimes when I've been injured, I'll go in, you know, I've gone in a couple times just to sit in class and because I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and that's, for me, that's huge for this. Um, yeah. That's become like a lifeline for me. I, I found it's very similar because, you know, I, I drop into other gym and it doesn't... <sighs> It just is not the same. It's not the same. People are cool, you generally. For sure. Yeah, but it's sure. it's just you developed your. I mean, you know, that's yeah. There is a level <clears throat> of depth that comes from it, and and it's 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 very interesting to to recognize uh, that culture that um, I think even visitors recognize when they they, they come in. Yeah, and. Just to tell you how to tell you how important this is. When I do an intake on someone for my integrative medicine practice, I have a whole bunch of criteria that we go in the initial history. We go with, you know, nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, and I have community on there, and I take that as part of their history. Do you have support structure? Do you have a group? Do you have people that you know? Can, you can count on at the worst time in your life, you know, and that is, that's crucial for us. And I, I think a lot of us are really, really feeling that, um, that, that it's been missing right, right to that level. Absolutely. And it's going to come back. Yeah. And it, and it will, but having, Having people that know you to the extent where they can say, hey, man, what's going on, man? Yeah. With you, you haven't said anything. Right. Right. I mean, where else can you get that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because we end up. 
we see each other in intimate moments. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. You know, I, I just, I just want to. I think the biggest thing I want to get through to people, especially a lot of, and I'm, I'm being very, yes, I'm, I'm stereotyping, especially a lot of the guys, is that um, this is not a, something that should be stigmatized. It's not a sign of psychological weakness. It's a physiologic process we're all dealing with. And whether or not you want to talk about it and help yourself, or you want to keep it to yourself and just have it <clears throat> fester, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not healthy. We have a great community, and I'm just so thankful that you were actually putting that out there. Because you saw the just the groundswell, man. I mean, it's just like, oh, shit. Everyone felt like they had permission finally, right? And so, you know, not that we should turn this into like a, <laughs> you, know, a, 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 you know, a counseling service. Right. But at the same time, it's just nice to know that that's okay and people having a bad day. <sighs> And, and feeling a certain way, they can talk about it yeah. without someone saying, "Oh, you're." It's like, yeah. Instead of like, "How's your mood?" It's like, "Hey, man, your your stress cup's a little overfilled, right?" Yeah, absolutely. It just happens. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think that's the biggest thing I want to get across, and and also want to under people to understand that there's that that inf- inflammatory component in the brain, how it relates to sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, drives a lot of this, and for the reasons why I told you, it's a survival mechanism. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and it does, it's encouraging. Like for me, it was extremely encouraging to have people, whether it was just, you know, a comment of like, Hey man, you ever want to BS? Just message me. As opposed to suck it up, pussy. I don't want to hear about your. <laughs> yeah. And no one, no one did that. Now maybe, maybe someone I, thought it. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but even if someone did it, feeling and seeing uh, the reaction was uh, yeah. awesome, especially knowing like there's probably so, there's a high chance someone else is feeling very similar and it helped them just as much as it helped me. That's right. And um, I think, I think it did even this conversation, like being able to recognize yeah. how, you know, cause I, I try to, I, I constantly like, diagnosing my like why do I feel like that and so being able to walk through it so remember the diagnosis of this stuff is called the remember it's called the diagnostic statistical manual it it, I think we've it can be helpful you know diagnosing these things but we've over medicalized a lot of this crap yeah right it's important to understand the signs when someone's just not doing well as far as that goes and they're really kind of traveling down that they're in that flight or fight anxiety thing and they're just not feeling themselves anymore just to understand what's going on and not feel like they've been labeled right that oh i have anxiety i have depression you know what i mean it's a fluid situation sure yeah yeah um I have a few questions yeah. I want to go through. Sure. Kind of quick, quicker hitters. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we'll be able to go in depth on something like this again. For sure. Um, yeah. I, can, I, I won't be as verbose. <laughs> but, uh, verbal. What are you going to do? I don't know what words are. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, I, I think we can talk about this uh, and do a whole nother podcast again. Okay. I, I think, uh, you know, especially after we get some reaction and stuff like that, we'll be able to, you know, answer more questions uh, as people have them. 
Um, but I wanted to, uh, I, I fielded some questions from people okay. that, uh, or I just noticed that they actually had asked, uh, yeah. in the last month, I have heard these questions, like, you know, these might be just good, quick, quick ones that you know, we don't have to go too in depth on, you got it. um, soreness. So, yes. uh, specifically uh, people that are uh, training. Uh, and I would say let's, if there is a difference between someone that's thirties and up, uh, if there's a difference between that and your thirties and under, uh, maybe talk about that. Um, if someone's training, maybe they're not even training a ton, uh, but they're just feeling sore, muscle soreness, joint soreness. Yep. What are they doing? So you you got first of all you got to pay attention to who you are and what you're again it goes back to the stress cup right what are you dealing with on a day on your day to day life you could be thirty years old but have just a you know crushingly stressful rest of your day yeah. and you're adding you know this pretty substantial training burden so first of all check yourself okay are you doing two a days. <laughs> Uh, right into your, um, you know, late thirties, early forties. Right. That's probably, you're just not going to tolerate that. Right. You, you're going to be sore. You, well, now you're going to be sore, but it's maladaptive too. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just suck up the soreness if I'm making benefits. The problem is you're going to start, stop making gains if you don't. Because remember, your exercise is just your input. Your adaptation comes when you're sleeping and you're resting. Okay. And if you don't give adequate a time for that, you're not going to recover and your, your performance is going to suffer. You're going to get overtrained. It's a real big issue, especially as you get older. I'm 51 now. I three days a week is the sweet spot for me Yeah. where when I was in my mid thirties, I could easily handle something equivalent to this five days a week. Easy. Right. I just can't. Yeah. So recognizing, recognizing that and understanding that, uh, active recovery the next day. So if you're, let's say you had a hard rolling session the next day, do something, do some light kind of light aerobic activity, you know, a walk, uh, easy hike, get on your bike a little bit. Yeah. That like lightweighted kettlebell kind of movement. Eh, I wouldn't even do that, man. No. Yoga would probably, I, I, I should take that back. There's some pretty intense yoga too. Yeah. Something, something nice and easy. Okay. Right. Um, usually a, just a general aerobic exercise. The blood flowing. Yeah. That helps a lot. Um, there are some, so a lot of people start talking about anti-inflammatories and stuff like that. That actually has been shown to, uh, to blunt the adaptive response, believe it or not. Mm. So like if I trained really hard and that night I'm sore and I take some ibuprofen, yeah, it might have, but we need some inflammation for the adaptive response to the exercise, right? What they're talking, probably talking about is like DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. And that usually something like getting blood flow is the best way to kids help with that. Whether it's infrared sauna, a kind of a light aerobic, you know, sure workout, that type of thing works great. That helps with like injuries too, right? It's it's huge, man. I mean, I, yeah, you get blood flow and oxygen to the area. That's huge. That's what it's all about. Um, That's why I, I really, you know, I don't drive nice cars, but I do spend money on stuff like infrared saunas (laughs) and float tanks and craft like that, right? There's a reason why I do that because I'm trying to do as much preventive maintenance as possible and people really need to start putting effort into their recovery as hard as they are into their workout. 
Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, there are some other things people like to use CBD and stuff like that. Again, yeah, but the the problem is the the jury's still out on that as far as, okay, are you just treating something symptomatically or perhaps the better idea is for you just to dial it back a little bit, right? Um, Because we don't really know. We know NSAIDs like ibuprofen and all that can blunt the adaptive response to exercise, but it's unclear about CBD and, and fish oil. Just haven't studied it, right? And so... I'm a big fan of um, getting getting some blood flow back and some move, gentle movement back into those tissues. And by all means, if you have access to an infrared sauna, it's legit. What's the difference between infrared and a... Uh- um, it's lower heat and it's what's being emitted. The, the, the wavelengths on the emitters, it's not just heat being put out. It's at, in certain infrared wavelengths that these emitters are specifically putting out. So they penetrate into the skin and into the muscles a little deeper. Um, not to say that the traditional sauna ain't good for you. I'm just saying specifically for muscle soreness, I have a dual sauna downstairs. I can run them both. Gotcha. And I always run infrared because it works to me so much. My brother even commented on it. He was super sore from rolling around with, with me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he felt great after that infrared sauna. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Epsom salt baths. Yeah. Which are really uh, nice. Uh, some Epsom salts, magnesium. Any ratio? Yeah, I'd dump a whole bag in. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, be liberal with it. And um, hot, hot baths, while it's not burning you, is really good. Again, increased blood flow, right? Okay. Yep. Um, this might relate a little bit, but um, working out to look good uh-huh. and you want to get good at BJJ. So if someone is trying to, you know, they're lifting weights yep. probably five days a week, okay, six days a week, but they're also doing jujitsu. Their main goal, they have two goals. They want to they want to look yoked. Okay. And they also want to get better at jujitsu. Okay. And they're constantly in pain. That's right. And so you need to be very clear about your goals. And some of them, I've had someone come up to me recently and ask about, well, I want to improve my cardio, but I don't want to lose muscle mass. Right. Like, well, sorry. <laughs> there's a reason There's a reason why marathon runners look the way they do and sprinters, and sprinters look the way they do. Right. And there's, you can't serve two masters and expect excellence in both. Yeah. Okay. You can now strength versus it. When you talk about working out for aesthetics, I start thinking about people just trying to get the ultra rip six pack, be ultra, just completely shredded. Yeah. There's a difference in that and just working out for strength. Right. Okay. Um, and the, the, the aesthetic, if that is your primary goal, you're going to be at a little bit at odds with with your the more muscle mass you have you have to supply that with blood and there's only so much of it to go around you're gonna your cardio is gonna suffer it just is and that's just the way it goes I mean, there's, yeah. you look at the flyweight matches yeah. and you look at right, the, right. I, I mean, the, yeah, you know, that, that's just, just understand what you're doing. You're, there is a trade-off. Now you can train strength. And I came up with that whole program for that very purpose right. to gain strength without trying to overtrain yourself in between your rolling sessions too. So that's a, that's, that actually is probably a whole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, fats. This was my own question. Yep. Fats 
post-workout. Why should we not? Why should we try not to take our fats in post? Well, no. So that's a good that's a good question, and it's it's a little bit nuanced here. When I say post-workout, I mean post-rolling where you're anaerobic, yes. right? Where you have definitely depleted some muscle glycogen. Yeah, not just like did a kettlebell workout. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were pushing the needle, yeah. right? And you feel a little shaky and all that stuff, right? That's because your muscle glycogen is depleted. So what I was talking about is during the refeed, it really should be more a starch to refeed. So that can refill your muscle glycogen and a protein, right? Yeah. The reason why I said that if you're worried about, you know, especially if you're worried about aesthetics, you start adding a bunch of fat in that window, yeah. you're turning on the insulin response. The insulin is a storage hormone. It also is an anabolic hormone. It can help that recovery. You need that recovery, right? To that refeed. But if you start putting a lot of fat in there, you're under the influence of insulin. You'll start shuttling a lot of that fat to storage. Got it. That's the only reason. But then the next day you can go and that's how I do. I do a cyclic thing where I'll do a refeed, but then the next day I'm back to fat, protein, and fiber, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um should someone get in shape before starting to just No. <laughs> because it will never be enough. Right. You should go in there understanding that this isn't completely, it's very much like the Lance Armstrong marathon thing. No one could argue that Lance Armstrong was not in shape. That guy had an incredible cardio. You look at him on the bike. That did not translate over into his marathon running. It's different. It's a very different. I've had people, you've had people, athletes come in all the time. Matter of fact, I think if you're not in shape, it's even better reason to start. (laughs) You get that community going, you get some accountability, you recognize what your limitations are right now and it's fine. Yeah. Um, And you have some upper belts that will look out for you uh, to make sure no one is just totally smashing you. Um, And, you know, I think you probably heard some of the biggest weight loss stories ever. Someone that comes in really out of shape as a white belt and all of a sudden six months later, right? They've dropped 30 pounds or whatever, right? And um, no, so no, I don't. And I think that's what Andrew has done really well is he's built in some of those protections into the warmups and stuff where we're learning how to, we're getting our body ready to train. So, so, so no. (laughs) Um, What are your feelings about Wim Hof method? Breathing in the cold water therapy. I love it. I practice it myself. I bought a little miniature pool just to do it. And so cold water immersion is very beneficial, but it's one of the hardest things to get started because it sucks. Um, I would recommend getting into, he has a whole program he outlines in his book on how to get acclimated to it. It has such good benefits in the morning. It really can help reset the circadian rhythm. There are some studies of people have just done cold water immersion. Nothing, they've changed nothing else, and they've lost a significant amount of uh, amount of fat. Um, how it works is your your body will adapt to change fat stores. It happens more often in kids, but it, we've recently shown it happens in adults too, where we change over the quality of the fat from so-called white adipose tissue or fat to brown. And all that means is then fat is no longer being used, some of it anyway, it's no longer being used as energy to fuel the body. 
and storage is turned over to be used as a heating source. And so what it will do, it will cycle through instead of being used to promote to make energy, it will be used to generate heat. And that's called brown adipose tissue. Mm-hmm. It also increases. It's a big. I know we talk about sympathetic nervous system, but it's a big sympathetic nervous system hit in the morning. It can increase your metabolism throughout the morning and throughout the day, too, in general. That's the response to cold immersion. I think cold immersion is probably the most underutilized health thing in the world. And if someone's going to do it at you need house. You need to start slow. And I'd recommend getting Rick Wim Hof's, he has a new book out mm-hmm. that kind of works you through it, where oh. you get acclimated into the shower very slowly. You don't just jump in a cold pool. Right. Right. Seconds or something. Yeah. And then you cycle through cold and hot. There's a whole protocol where you get adapted to it. And so I highly recommend that. I think it's great for mood in the morning too. I think it's a wonderful thing. Okay. Perfect. And this is actually the last one and something we've talked about many times going to be difficult to answer on a <laughs> audio podcast okay. uh, but maybe if you can just point people into uh, some things to search on like youtube sure is uh some good stretches for jujitsu and lifting and i'm thinking what they're saying what they're wondering about is they they lack flexibility okay. quite a bit and they want to improve it for jujitsu movement. That is a huge topic. And Andrew and I just went this last fall to a course called the Functional Range Conditioning Course. I cannot recommend this stuff highly enough. The whole paradigm on flexibility and mobility is changing, okay? Right. We are using the nervous system to increase functional range by using stretching, traditional strength stretching as more of strength training at end range. Because briefly, <clears throat> your your nervous system will not let a joint go through a range of motion. It does not feel safe to do so. That's why most people can't do the splits. And most, but at the same time, they can't do a full split, but they can take one leg and put it up at 90 degrees right. and turn around and do another one. Well, why can't you do the splits? There's no anatomic reason to stopping you. <clears throat> it's the nervous system. And so it's really changed. Uh, uh, Andrea Spina, who's a doctor who came up with this, I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, we, a lot of that stuff is it's uh, in, end of the range of the emotion. That's right. Because we're tr- what we're doing is we're strengthening that muscle and tendon complex at the end range of motion to tell the nervous system, no, I have control and strength at this range, so you should allow me to get into that range. Yeah. And that is how long-lasting mobility, flexibility is me, hey, can I, Bill, can I take your leg and pull it back to a certain uh, amount? Mm-hmm. Mobility is you being able to do the same thing yourself without assistance, okay. right? And so it's being able to control that under your own power. <clears throat> You know, so I think, I mean, that's what it matters. So someone was um, going to try to do some stuff at home. So there are, um, through this whole system, the functional range systems, there is a whole program called Kin Stretch. Um, that there are certified in Kin? K-I-N stretch. There are, there are certified instructors trained in this. And I think Andrew and I are both going to go through that training program because we've done some of the initial ones yeah. um, eventually. And 
that's a game changer. I would look that stuff up. Any And you can look on YouTube. They will demonstrate some of the functional range conditioning stuff. And if you belong to our, your, our academy and you're asking that question, <laughs> come find me or Andrew. Yeah. Because yeah. we'll hook you up. Right. And uh, we'll show you. And this stuff would be good for, it's a double thing. Like they were asking about BJJ and lifting. Of course. It would be good for both. Well, what you do is you find out where your problems are, mm-hmm. right? And then it's not a just a cookie cutter approach. Right. You find out where, oh, I have some shoulder mobility problems. Well, you, you'll you probably need this. Yeah. You know, uh, like for me, I, I have terrible hamstring mobility, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm focusing on that, right? Right. So. Um, but there's a way to do it as long as you get the, the beauty of this program it's not a series of stretches it's figuring out where your problems are and and there's plenty of ways to go about it using these principles um, and you saw we do a lot of isometric loading and yeah. you had end range it's a whole system and there's a ton of science behind it and it's fantastic so if someone wants to uh, talk more about that find Andrew or myself we're both certified as FRC instructors um and so uh, and we're going to continue to do that in that system but i highly recommend it or find a kin stretch class i don't know anybody around here is offering it at, but but it's it's basically using those techniques almost in a yoga like sequence <laughs> but getting some time with you know just pulling you guys aside and be like hey the that's I have this problem. I want yeah. to work on this specifically. What could I do? Right. And I can give you a couple things to go work on. Perfect. Yep. Is there anything else uh, for the moment? <laughs> no. no, man. I mean, I think, I, I mean, there's endless things to talk about with this. Um, I, I think I just want to thank you for bringing this whole subject up. It's a huge public health problem. Uh, anxiety and depression, especially there's a bunch of, like I said, you know, a lot of people, you know, living their lives in quiet desperation, so to speak, yeah. feeling isolated. Yeah. I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate you bringing it up and asking me to join you. For sure. For sure. Yep. And then we'll, we'll jump on uh, another one. We're going to try to be consistent. We're both, <laughs> we, we get distracted. and Yeah, but I just think if we build it as part of our, you know, what we're doing and we build yeah. a space that is just like, yeah. it's already set up, it's easy, just show up and let's talk. Right. You know? It'll ultimately. Yeah, it'll work. Because I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good stuff to talk about anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll have the cats singing. Well, she is pretty amazing. She's in the twilight of her career right now, yeah, but yeah. but uh, it's okay. We've got to capture while she's around. Yeah. So anyway, and I uh, yeah, I'll put a shameless plug for my wife. Wealth of knowledge. Highly recommend to yes. let's have a chat with her at some point. Absolutely. And then Stanwood Integrative uh, Medicine. Yeah. yeah, medicine is uh, a, a great spot that if uh, you are looking to have some some one on one time that's more than you know just fifteen minutes with your physician, yeah. <laughs> she's coming. Carrie, Carrie spends an hour with all her new patients yeah. and most of the follow-ups are long like that too. So, yeah. And it, even if it's a little bit of a drive for you, it, it's well worth it. Well, this is great. I, I'll, I'll, I'll work out with you how much we're going to pay for this free advertising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll bail you. No, man. Hey. Good stuff, man. I appreciate it, Bill. Yeah. Okay. Well, until next time, people. All right. Later. Bye.